Now, this is not a request show. But this tale of rather dark, gothic horror, I think really needs to be dedicated to my friend Onya King and to Anthony and Jerry as well, who will be sitting there listening to this too, I hope. Hello, folks. I hope you're doing okay. She does like a bit of dark gothic. So, here's a story for her. Now, it's a story that comes from the island of Papa Westry. And it's about the one of the lairds, one of the big landowners there, uh, whose name was Trail, Thomas Trail, in fact, in this case. And he lived at Holland and Papi. Now, Holland is from an old Norse word that just means high land. It's got nothing to do with the country of Holland. It's just the high land. It's on the highest spot in the island, although that's not very high, actually. It's quite a, a flat island. But this is the story of Thomas Trail, who was known as the Wicked Laird. They had an evil reputation, but he had an even eviler reputation than any of the rest of them. This is a story called The Wicked Laird. Now, Thomas Trail, now he was born in 1668, and he died sometime before 1745, so this story is obviously during his lifetime. Now, he was known as the Wicked Laird, and with some good reason as well. He was thoroughly evil. In fact, it was said that he was steeped in the dark arts. And that, at some stage, he had sold his soul to the devil. Well, time passed, and it came to the time when the devil could reclaim that soul of his. Now, one day, Thomas was sitting in his chair, quite happy, in Holland House, when the devil came into the room. And the devil said to him, Well, Thomas, I think you have something that belongs to me, something that is now ready to be mm, harvested. It was always said in Orkney stories that the devil spoke with a very posh, well-educated English accent. Now, Thomas Trail looked at the devil and he said, I don't think so. Now, Thomas, said the devil, don't play games with me. You know perfectly well to what I refer. Your time is up. You have to come with me down to hell. I don't think so, says Trail. I'm quite happy where I am, actually. I, I don't really feel like going anywhere. Well, a very black look crossed the very black face of the devil, and he said, I am not used with people arguing with me, Thomas. You are coming with me, whether you are ready or not. I don't think so, said Trail, and the two of them started to fight. They fought their way through the hoose, and they fought their way out into the out into the garden and out into the fields. They were in a field called the West Park, and they were fighting there. Well, you know something? Thomas Trail was so evil, he beat the devil. 
and he drove the devil down through the ground back to hell. And they said that nothing ever grew on that spot again, not a blade of grass, not even a weed so much as grew on that spot. Well, if the laird was evil before, he was even more evil now. And he grew in size, and he grew in evil. He was a huge man, and much hated. Now there was one day in summer, when all the crofters and the cotters drove their sheep down from the communal grazing, from all the, the uh, common pasture, and they would shear them. And it was at that time that the laird would ride up on his horse and he would choose the best lamb from among the flocks. And that he would give as a gift to his wife. It's strange to give a gift of something that doesn't belong to you, but as far as he was concerned, the crofters on the island were nothing more than sheep themselves. They were just cattle. They were his to do whatever he wanted with. He didn't care. Now, there was one lamb, a grey lamb, a beautiful lamb, a lovely, fat, sleek, big, healthy, wonderful-looking lamb that was far better than any of the rest. And the laird spotted it, and he said, That one, I want that laird brought up. I want that lamb brought up to the house. Uh, as a gift for my wife. Well, the lamb belonged to a cotter. Now, a cotter, unlike a crofter, didn't rent land from the laird. They were given a scrap of really poor land, very stony, hill land, heathery. They could scratch a living out of it, and instead of paying rent, they had to work for their services. For the rent, they had to provide labor. They were basically nothing more than slaves. And this poor man, well, his wife had died. He was a widower, and he was left with two very small children. And the only thing that they had in the world was one sheep and this one lamb, which he was going to sell and use the money to try to buy food to feed him and his children over the winter. Well, he went over to the laird, cap in his hand, and he said, Please don't take my lamb. Please spare me my lamb. My wife's dead, and I have two small children to support, and that is the only thing in the world that I have. That is all that stands between us and starvation. Please, please, if you have any, any pity in your heart, please leave us that lamb. Otherwise, there is nothing to stop me and my children from perishing in the winter time. I don't care, said the laird. <laughs> Why should I care if your brats die in the winter or not? I want that lamb, and I will have it, and that is final. And the man said, Well, you can take my lamb, and you can take my cush with you. Your wife will never live long enough to see that lamb. And when you die, you will go to your grave without a drop of blood in your body. Well, the laird just laughed in his face, turned his horse, and rode back up to the big house.
Well, he went in through the door into the hall, and he shouted for his wife, but there was no answer. Thinking that this was strange, he went upstairs to her bedroom, and there he found her lying dead on the bed. Her body was contorted, and her face was screwed up in a look of horror and terror. Whatever happened, she died of fright. And so, a part of the cotter's cosh had come true already. She never lived long enough to see that lamb. But the laird didn't mind. I mean, somebody died, fine, whatever. He wasn't caring. As long as he was all right, that was the only thing that really mattered. So, he carried on living for many years after that growing blacker and blacker of heart with every day that passed. He was thoroughly evil and big. He'd grow bloated, stuffing his face, doing nothing. One day, it all got too much for him, and he died. And you know something? Nobody lamented. But a dead laird is a dead laird. And a body of that size, you've got to get rid of it, haven't you? So the local carpenter was taken up, took measurements, made a coffin, a huge coffin. They said that uh, it took eight score of nails to fasten the boards together. It was such a huge coffin. Well, the laird was put in the coffin... And the lid was nailed down on him, and it sat on trestles in the big dining room at Holland House. And all the lairds came, and their families came too. Why? Because they were friends. <laughs> no, no. They, he had no friends. Nobody liked him. But there was likely to be a great feast provided. He was an important man, after all. So they came for the food and the drink that they knew that they were guaranteed. And the hospitality, you know, they would get a bed for the night as well. All would go well. It would be well worth the trip. But nobody could mourn him. People racked their brains to try to think of a nice thing to say about him, but, you know, nobody could. I mean, if one guy thought, mm, yeah, but there was that time that he... Oh, no, no, that wasn't him. They racked their brains, you know, they couldn't think of a thing to say about him that was good, and so they didn't speak about him at all. But as they stood around the coffin in the dining room, sipping claret... They heard a noise, a strange, scuffling, scratching noise coming from the end of the room. And suddenly, two monstrous ravens burst out of the fireplace and into the room, and they landed on top of the coffin, croaking terribly from out of them. And they were attacking each other, ripping each other with beaks and claws. People were horrified. They shooed them off the coffin, but they just flew and perched on top of the mantelpiece and carried on fighting, croaking out of them in the most terrible fashion. 
and fighting viciously, and people knew that this must be the soul of the wicked laird and the devil. The devil was trying to take him down to hell after all, but they was putting up a fight still. Well, they felt it was best to get it over with and bury him in the burial ground up at St. Boniface Kirk, so they lifted the coffin, and it was a fair weight, and they took it along the road, and as they went out through the open door, the ravens flew out in front of them, and they circled over the coffin all the way down to the kirkyard, fighting terribly, tearing each other with beaks and claws. And then they started to notice it. There was very slight to begin with, but there it was, a distinct drip, drip, drip of blood seeping through one of the corners of the coffin onto the road. The drip got faster, drip, 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 drip. They sent a boy home to get a spade to cover over the blood in the dusty road. But that drip turned into a trickle, and that trickle turned into a pour. And so they said that by the time that they got the laird down to the kirkyard, there wouldn't have been a drop of blood left in his body. And so the Cottish Kosh had come true. <laughs>